Good morning. <clears throat> Welcome and Happy New Year. I'm glad you're here with us today. And um, if you're joining us online today, we're so glad you're here too. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Barbie Everett, and I get to deliver the message today. Uh, <clears throat> so, we have been going through the book of Hebrews, and um, we're going to jump back into that today. So, uh, the overall message that um, Pastor Sean has been teaching us through the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is better than many things. Um, so we'll recap and we will um, <clears throat> learn some more today. I'm going to scoot back a little bit. Um, so uh, to recap, so far in this series, we have learned through Hebrews that Jesus is better than the angels, God's messengers, um, who at points through our history have been elevated higher than they should, as many of the things that we will talk about. Um, Jesus is better than the Torah, or Jew the Jewish law. Jesus is better than Moses, the great leader and prophet who led the Jews out of Egypt, um, out of captivity. Jesus is better than the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, the land promised to the Israelites coming out of that captivity. And Jesus is better than Melchizedek, the high priest and king in Genesis, whom Abraham willingly honors with um, his spoils. Uh, Melchizedek appears to be this kind of obscure character. He's only mentioned just briefly in the Old Testament. Um, <clears throat> but it is important to foreshadow who Jesus is. Um, and then our last, Sean's last message before Christmas, um, when he preached about Melchizedek, we were reminded that Jesus is worth investing in. So just as Abraham invested in Melchizedek, the high priest and king, um, Jesus is worth investing our time and resources into. So today, um, we're going to be in Hebrews 7. So if you want to pull out your Bible or get your Bible app ready specifically, we'll be going through Hebrews 7, 23 through 28. <clears throat> and I'm going to go ahead and just read the scripture. So now many have become Levitical priests since they are prevented by death from remaining in office. But because he remains forever, he holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. For this is the kind of high priest we need, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day as high priests do, first for their own sins, then for those of the people. He did this once for all time when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak, but the promise of the oath which came after the law appoints a son who has been perfected forever. <clears throat> so throughout this scripture, we're going to take a look at how Jesus is better than the priests, and I'm just going to do a quick comparison for that. 
Um, there were many priests that came before, and now there's, we just have the one, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> the priests had, were limited in their service by death, but Jesus, through his resurrection, can serve as our priest forever, our high priest forever. Uh, the priests had to give regular, ongoing sacrifices. Jesus gave himself as the one ultimate sacrifice. Um, the priests had to give sacrifices on account of their own sin, as well as the sins of the Israelites, um, where Jesus is perfect. He's innocent, holy, undefiled. <clears throat> he does not need to offer sacrifices for himself. He was the sacrifice. Aha. There's all of that that I just said. <laughs> so as um, I was um, meditating and studying through these scriptures, two themes um, stood out to me in how Jesus is better than the priests. And um, those to me were time and tradition. Jesus is better than tradition, and Jesus stands the test of time. He outlasts any um, system we have for ordering our days. So starting with tradition, um, <clears throat> the role of priest uh, was a time-old tradition in Judaism, still is, um, assigned by God in the Jewish Torah. Their role was to serve as mediator between God and the Israelites. They were responsible for performing duties of offering sacrifices, as well as teaching the covenant, keeping the temple pure, and communicating the blessings of God. All good things, means in which allowed the, Israel, the Israelites to be able to draw near to God. Now, in this time, priests, according to the Jewish law, can only come from the tribe of Levi. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Jesus broke tradition. The epistle to the Hebrews presents Christ as our great high priest. The genealogy of Jesus, however, is through the tribe of Judah, a tribe which has no priestly responsibilities. How then could it be claimed that Jesus was a true priest? The answer is clear. So as we touched on earlier and Sean preached on, the discussion of the priesthood of Melchizedek has, has all been preliminary to this statement. True, Jesus was not a Levitical priest, but he serves as a priest of a more ancient and honorable order than that of Levi. He was a priest of the order of Melchizedek, this ancient um, king who was also a priest. <clears throat> so there we have that. <laughs> well... Scholars cannot be sure of the exact time and situation that the original audience of Hebrews was written to. It was likely written to an early Jewish Christian community in Rome, the early church. And Jewish followers of Christ during this time, um, during this proposed time, would have been facing persecution from those who rejected Christ as the Son of God and continued in traditional Judaism, as well as persecution from the Roman government. Judaism was a protected religion under the Roman state, and Christianity was not. The temptation to turn away from Christ and return to the tradition of Judaism <clears throat> was great. Now, it is important to note that the Levitical 
role of priest was not a bad tradition. It served a purpose, and it was designed and appointed by God. The role of priest was and is good. What changed, though, was how that role was fulfilled, no longer by imperfect humans, but rather the perfect Son of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Tradition is not bad. It is when we place more value on the physical tradition itself than the purpose of the tradition that it loses its meaning. Now, I can't help but um, when I think of tradition, we're coming out of Christmas, and um, Christmas is a season full of tradition. And uh, this is a picture of my Christmas tree. And in case anyone else in here is um, also a slacker like me, please feel good that my Christmas tree is still up. It's in my house. All my Christmas stuff is still out. Um, I, I like to look at it. It will come down eventually. Hopefully it doesn't catch something on fire before I get it down. But um, I was thinking about tradition and how Christmas is just steeped with tradition. We have all of these different things that we use to help us celebrate Christ. Um, and my house, and as most of you, part of that is a Christmas tree. And I have to ashamedly admit that I am very particular about my Christmas tree. I like, you guys may think that that's ugly. Some people don't like that. But that is like the epitome of the tree that I like. It's tall. It has big gaps. You can hang a lot of the stuff. And I have to admit that there have been years where I have robbed my family of joy at the Christmas tree farm because we cannot find the perfect tree of my dreams. And in those moments, I am missing the true, what, what is this tree for? It's to help remind us of the hope of Christ coming. Um, Throughout my life, we've had many traditions in my family change through um, changing of family dynamics, um, divorce, and deaths, and um, just uh, additions to family. Just even in the last few years since COVID, a lot of our traditions have changed. My parents moved out of my childhood home, and my husband's parents moved, and his brother moved to Texas, and just a lot of like these traditions that have changed started to move my focus, and <clears throat> they're all good things. Getting together with family is good. Having a beautiful Christmas tree is good. But it's important that when those things change, that we're not focused on that tradition, but we're focused on what is the meaning of Christmas. And that is, even if family moves away, even if death and divorce change your dynamics, Jesus is our hope, and Jesus is better than any tradition that we celebrate at Christmas time. Um, and <clears throat> I needed to hear that myself as I was preparing this message. So coming out, we're right out of tradition, and we're faced with the changing of time. Time keeps going. We're in the new year. And in this scripture, time is very prevalent. Um, it's used in ways to relate to Jesus. So Jesus remains forever, permanently. He always lives, all time, perfected forever. Now, priests, of course, being human, were limited by their ability to serve and intercede in death, and intercede by death. Um, in his resurrection, however, Jesus lives 
forever. He exists outside of time and space. In his office of high priest, the Son makes continuous intercession on our behalf. In Romans 8.34, Paul writes, Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, he has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. And to reiterate that in verses 24 and 25 of Hebrews 7, but because he remains forever, he holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able to save completely those to come, who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. He always lives to intercede for them. Let that sink in. As we step into another new year, <clears throat> into the unknown, Christ has already been and is praying for us. He is for us every second of our existence. He is interceding for us. <clears throat> we see in the Gospels that Christ, that Jesus prayed for his disciples while on earth, giving them help in their weakness. It seems that in the broader context of Hebrews, an aspect of Christ's intercessory ministry is prayer for the believers struggling with persecution. Now we are probably gonna face hard things in the year to come. And the reason for arguing that Jesus holds a superior priesthood is to encourage believers not to fade under persecution. Instead of falling away or returning to the imperfect system of Judaism or going back to the comforts of those traditions that maybe have outshone the purpose, uh, we should be willing to hold fast to the gospel. The function of the high priest is to plead our cause. Again, he can do this more effectively than Aaron or any of his descendants ever could. This intercessory ministry of Christ shows his present activity for his people and is a direct continuation of his earthly ministry. Now, um, as we go into this year, it's important to remember the enemy is sneaky. And in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, it says, Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. Now, not just now, but also by the witnesses who have gone before us, the enemy is going to be looking for ways to trip you up, to um, take your eyes off Jesus, to take your eyes off of that true purpose. And it's important for us to recognize that, but even more so important to remember that Jesus is interceding for us always and constantly. Whenever you start to feel that tug that something's off or you're pulled off, remember that Jesus is fighting for you. Um, And just recognizing that and remembering him and looking to him will help pull your eyes back on to the purpose. We can feel rest assured that our God is one who has come before our documentation of time. In Psalm 91 through 2, it says, Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation, Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, 
you are God. You are God. The God who exists far beyond we can fathom and far beyond where we're going is our refuge, and he is continually interceding and fighting for you at this very second. <clears throat> now, looking back even to verse um, 26 in this section, um, we see more in God's attributes listed. It even um, points to time and tradition more. So, um, sorry, let me pull that. So it says, for this kind of high priest we need, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. So I see a contrast to tradition and that Jesus is holy, innocent, undefiled, opposed to the tradition of <clears throat> humans who uh, constantly mess things up. And we have a history, a tradition of defiling the priesthood. And his status, he is separated from sinners currently, his space and time, and he is exalted above the heavens. Now, <clears throat> to jump back earlier in the scripture, um, something that when I originally read through, I kind of missed, but I um, felt like is actually one of the most important things that we can take away from this is um, verses 24 and 25. <clears throat> it says, but because he remains forever, he holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is the only one who can save us completely. His sacrifice was not partial or temporary, but once and for all. However, we serve a relational God, he has done his part. He gave the ultimate sacrifice of himself and he lives to continually intercede on our behalf. It's there waiting for us. But we have to take those steps to accept that, to meet him, to join him in that relationship. <clears throat> Jesus himself says in the scriptures, sorry, in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Before we move into worship through music today, um, I'm going to close out with a prayer. And I feel that our high priest, Jesus, is calling someone to take those steps to come to him today, to be in relationship with him and to be saved completely. If you haven't yet taken that step into relationship with Jesus and you would like to, I invite you to pray this prayer in your heart with me today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being our perfect high priest and king, for triumphing where humanity has failed. Lord, I recognize that I am a failure and I have sinned. I believe that you are who you say you are and that you are the only way to eternal life. I know that I cannot earn or deserve the life that you offer. But that's why you came and died for me, and I trust that. And I want to ask you to make me new and to save me completely. Lord, I pray for our congregation today that as we take steps into the new year, that we would be empowered by the knowledge that you are continually interceding for us. You are fighting for us, and you are here for us. 
not only as our high priest and king and savior, but as we enter into relationship with you, you are here for us as our friend. Thank you for being a refuge through all generations. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen.